Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at RomanGabriel3. This is a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk. Today's show will feature interviews with Tony Nathan and Caleb Castile from the movie Woodlawn and Derek Deese and William Floyd, who were Super Bowl champs with the San Francisco 49ers. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel 3 fan page. Now, here's Roman Gabriel III. Two guys sitting next to me, they know what playing football is all about. Tony Nathan, great Miami Dolphin, of course, uh, had a great career in the NFL. Alabama under Bear Bryant, uh, one of the most productive running backs in NCAA history. Uh, then you got Caleb Castillo, two national championships under Nick Saban at Alabama, knows the game, and uh, he played this guy to the right of me. Uh, Caleb Castillo played Tony Nathan in the movie Woodlawn. And first of all, congratulations, guys. Great to have you on Radio Row. Oh, thanks Thank for you. having us. Awesome, awesome movie. First thing i got to ask, Tony, is your, uh, your feelings, you and your family, about it after you saw the movie. Well, my wife and I, when we first saw it, we asked the crowd about it. Uh, you know, it was it was touching and moving um, to see my life, our life being portrayed on the movie screen. What, what was was it surreal though seeing yourself? I mean, you've seen yourself on NFL films, and you've seen yourself, you know, obviously on television playing football. But to see someone else, Caleb here, play the part for you, what was that like? It was strange in a sense that somebody trying to be you. You know, I've I've had people in my life tell other people that they are me but you know just i don't know trying to gain some sort of deal when but actually seeing somebody being sincere and truthful about doing it and actually pretty much getting it right is very rewarding caleb it's really exciting your story we talked about it last time on my show you know three days out you find out you're going to play the role that you never really acted seriously before in your life you played football obviously you're good at that uh, but challenge about Tony Nathan, and how did you prepare for him and, and the opportunity to play him? Yeah, I think for me it was just uh, preparation meeting an opportunity. And for me, I had been acting uh, for about a year. I had not done anything to the level of a, a full-length feature before. So um, we initially, me and my team, we um, auditioned for the lead role, uh, found out we didn't get it. Then they uh, brought me to the open casting, which I there was hired as uh, stunt double. And so worked there, did the rehearsals for that for about three weeks. And then three days before production, they called me back in and they're like, hey, we want to look at you to play the lead. And so um, at that time, I was just ready. I mean, I was prepared. I think that uh, um, from the beginning, I just had faith that this was going to be my film. I talked to Andy Irwin a couple of weeks ago, and you know he was so impressed with both of you guys. And one of the things that he said that I talked to him about was, you know, there's a real question mark. You know, do you get an actor that can learn to play football, or do you get a football player that's good enough to act? And what's great about you, Caleb, is obviously you're a high-profile football player, but you really, you really did the part justice in an amazing way. I mean, oh, for you. for a guy. It's all, it, you, wouldn't you think so, Tony, in terms of like like a rookie playing like a veteran, right? <laughs> yeah, I definitely <laughs> agree. He did very well. 
Tell me, tell me, you guys, about um, the response to the movie. I mean, and now the DVD being out. By the way, Woodlawn, the movie, is where you go to get the DVD. It's sitting right here in front of us. Um, you know, I'm just going to say this. I, I took my daughter and my son-in-law after we talked to see it. Um, they're not big sports fans. My daughter, you know, she just heard it was a good film and wanted to yeah. come with me. Yeah, good. So when we watched the film on the way out, walking out, my daughter looked at me and she said, Dad, the, that's the... That's the, one of the best movies I've ever seen. It was awesome. Uh, my son-in-law, the same way. We all had tears in our eyes during parts of the movie. Mm. And we talked about this on my show. Um, I came up in the 70s during the Jesus movement. Um, I, my relationship with God happened that way. Mm-hmm. I was involved with the FCA as a youngster in college. I had an FCA director like Sean Astin that mentored us when we played football in college. So it was a film that touched me in a lot of different ways. It was very emotional to watch. Um, I figure that you guys have probably heard that a lot. In response to it, it's been tremendous. You know, and um, kind of surprising to me because somebody want to see or you know, hear about me and my life. Me, it's boring to me and my wife sometimes. But for someone else to think it's just enough to actually meet, you know, reach people and get, get them to make the commitment to Christ. That's outstanding. And so many so many people today, he's being humble because there are very few movies, Caleb, that are true, that have the kind of emotion this film had, that looks at some very serious issues but in a way that is fair and in a way that gets people to think without shoving it down your throat. Is about, I guess that's the best way I can say it, right? Yeah, I think they just, uh, it just presented this story of faith in, in the gospel on a platter that's just different than people were used to seeing it um, and i think that the response has been what was the coolest part to me i mean bigger than any number it could have done in the box office's amount of lives that i've seen uh um be turned around so and what's amazing is i have a good friend of mine i work for him at fca he's the director of our arkansas fca and he was telling me the of thousands of kids in arkansas that were saved through the through the football, yeah, uh, you know, outreaches with the movie in high schools and junior highs. So it's it's real and tangible what you guys were able to do with this movie, and mm-hmm. and it definitely was anointed for it, sure. It, for sure. So tell me about the DVD, and I guess I'll ask you the same question I asked uh, for both of you of Andy uh, Vanny a couple of weeks ago, Erwin, uh, and that is. Why should someone go out and get the DVD? And if they haven't seen the movie, why should they see it? I think it's a great tool. Um, number one, it's it's entertaining. It's a great film. It's a great story, of course. And then if you want a message, because that's how, that's why people watch film. They want to be moved emotionally, and they want to be entertained. And I think this does both. I'm with Tony Nathan, former Miami Dolphin, Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm with uh, Caleb Castillo, Alabama Crimson Tide, the movie Woodlawn on DVD available right now at woodlawnthemovie.com. You need to go check it out. You need to get this film. Uh, I know it's on DirecTV as well. Uh, that's a great place to get it because people like to buy it at home. Uh, you can now buy the movie on DirecTV uh, and on iTunes and some of the other places if you just want it digital. So right. there's a lot of ways to get it. Um, Tony, you know, you come from a different generation than today. A lot of these young men like this guy are, are saying thank you to people like you. And this is another thing that this story did. Um, I remember that time, even though I was very young. I was uh, at that time about, uh, I want to say 13 mm-hmm. or 14. 
but I remember the difference that that at the time that things were changing uh, and what it took to get change. It was very painful. Very painful. I wanted to know from you at that time, because that's made very clear in the movie, very emotional in the movie, about just the struggle you had and your friends, a few friends had on the team in terms of being accepted, even with your athletic ability uh, of becoming an integral part of a football team and becoming who you were and getting the opportunity. Tell me about your head coach, because he was awesome in this film and about what he meant to you, giving you an opportunity in high school. Well, you know, um, I've been very blessed that I've had uh, uh, have and had uh, great men in my life, great father figures. Um, my dad, my grandfather, I've learned from them how to deal with people that resisted you because you was different. Uh, my high school coach, uh, he saw something, I guess, I didn't see in myself, um, and uh, he actually would devote to his time and uh, not let me get into the craziness that was going on around me. Uh, he de- you know, devoted his time to making sure that I was where I needed to be when I needed to be there. Um, due to what was going on on the team, he set some people straight about how they believe and what he should do with the team, and he didn't let the fans or the other kids that was there control the team. Um, so, you know, I, he showed me that I could trust him and I did learn all white people wasn't bad. So, <laughs> and I learned that, you know, he cared about me as a person and, um, uh, he meant a great deal to me. He, uh, like I said, kept me out of trouble and he actually, uh, accepted Christ through the movement that was going on in the school. And, uh, and when he left Woodlawn and went to other school that he coached that actually won the national championship and most of the kids at his school wow. accepted Christ too because of his leadership. Sean Aston, of course, plays the, what we would call an FCA director. Uh, of course, the great John Voigt on Bear Bryant, and boy, did he did a great job. We talked about that last time, Caleb. Two things. Toughest part of making this movie and maybe a fun moment making it that you remember. Oh, man, yeah. I think the toughest part of making the film was just uh having to step into um that time period emotionally and then number two um when we there's a scene in the movie where we play banks high school for the first time and it's a rain sequence that's about like a 90 second (laughs) sequence filming uh and we you know we're depicting the fall in alabama which you know football season but it was winter when we shot so you're getting rained on and it's 28 degrees outside for six to 12 hours so that wasn't fun but uh i think the the best process uh, i mean the best thing about this process for me um has been just being able to create something that is impacting people so so tell me about your life going forward caleb what's next for you well right now we're in the you know i'm in los angeles and we're uh in the heat of pilot season so we're kind of working on some new tv stuff so uh just kind of going on and just keep grinding, man. And this is a career like football that you're going to dedicate yourself and really want to do for a long time. For sure. Awesome. Tony, you and your family, what's going on with you? Well, my wife's still teaching. She's talking about retiring. <laughs> uh, she teaches uh, 5K now. She used to do 3K. Myself, uh, after being removed from coaching in the NFL from uh, 08, I became a bailiff in Miami, okay. in Dade County. Uh, actually, a bailiff of a judge that I actually played with uh, Ed Newman. Is that right? And I uh, played ball with him when he, we both played in Miami. So 
Uh, and I volunteer at different you know, high schools that, um, during that period of time just to keep myself bu- busy awesome. doing some things. So, you know, I'm not totally just walked in and crawled into a shell yet. Tony Nathan, Miami Dolphin, Alabama legend. Caleb Castillo, the guy who played him. Woodlawn the movie, woodlawnmovie.com. Get it, the DVD. You want to see a movie, you want to sit down with the whole family, you want to be an influence on maybe a neighbor that needs to know something about some spiritual things and really get an idea for it, this is the film. Guys, appreciate you coming by Media Row. Good luck with everything, Caleb, Tony, and uh, let's stay in touch. Appreciate you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on Sold Out. You're listening to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Derek Deese and William Floyd, who were teammates and Super Bowl champs with the San Francisco 49ers. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. All right, welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. We're excited to have two guys with us really pumped up. I'll tell you what, one of the best football teams in the world, the San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl champions. Derek Deese is with us, 11 years with the Niners. Super Bowl ring, big time, and William Floyd uh, also with the Niners. Um, Great history, both of these guys on a great franchise, and we're in San Francisco. So my first question would be, how is it to have the Super Bowl back? It's been since 1984. Well, uh, we weren't here in '84, so I mean. Well, you're in your town, though. You represent yeah, this team, we, right? We, there, we you, do. You, you, we do. Right. We represent the team, but you know what? We didn't get to enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so. True. Now, well, they lost, though. No, but we didn't. <laughs> you didn't lose. <laughs> we didn't lose. <laughs> we didn't get to enjoy the Super Bowl being here, and we're not in the Super Bowl this year, obviously. But to have it in our in the town that we played and spent a lot of time in, see our fans. See um, some of the guys that we played against, played with, and, and and get to celebrate with on a daily basis. It's a great thing. Well, oh yeah, I mean I think it's the same for me being back here. You know, old stomping grounds. We win the Super Bowl with the Niners. Uh, for me, I played for the Panthers too. So I mean, it's kind yeah, of I, I remember that. Yeah, it's double for me. You know, I got the Panthers, hoping Mr. Richardson yeah. know, finally gets the championship. Um, and then everything that it stands for, I think Derek said the same thing. I think everything that it stands for, you get to see guys that you played with, that you played against, uh, the camaraderie, the respect the guys have for each other. And, you know, you talk to a guy you haven't talked to in 10 years, you pick up the same conversation that you were talking about 10 years ago. So um, that's always great. And then from the respect that, you know, they're picking this, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame here in the next couple of days. That's so um, cool. Looking forward to, you know, Eddie D going in in San Francisco. That's awesome. And that'll be, yeah, it would be really awesome. Yeah, and I think be. he deserves it. So. Uh, for a lot of reasons. It's, yeah, it's a he came deal. through yesterday. He looked really good. Tell me, guys, how weird is it to fly into San Francisco and not see Candlestick anymore? Is that kind of weird? Yeah, 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 it is. It is. It's a. Uh, it was interesting to be honest with you. Believe it or not, <laughs> I actually had one of the Dallas Cowboys, Dale Hillistry, who was the center for them, played you many times. He said the same thing. He said we had so many great games against San Francisco here, and to see that stadium gone is just too weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, you weird. ride there going into the city. I mean, you you, you didn't miss the stick yeah. leaving the city or coming into the city. You saw Candlestick over there, and yeah, it is kind of strange not to even see a remnant over there. It's just empty, pretty that's much. Like, so that's the heritage, though. You know, what I mean, that's where you look to 
see all your games, you played all your games, you spent all your time there, and then all of a sudden it's just up and gone. Well, well the thing I was going to say, too, is is you guys had a special, you know, this week's Super Bowl 50, they'll never have another number as the Super Bowl until 100. So right. these teams are special. It's not a Roman numeral. But what was cool for you guys is the year you won the Super Bowl, 94 was the 75th anniversary of the NFL. Yeah. That's history. It's so cool. Right and league. that's what I love is that insignia is so cool. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how that feels to be a part of history like that. Well, I mean, to be a part of history is one thing, but, you know, we, we were, you know, William talks a lot about this ring because it sets it, it sets the history up for you. So, like, one is the ring is the first ring to have color on it. The next is it's the 75th, and the other one is it's the first team to five. So this ring kind of has, like, wow. a lot of history behind mm-hmm. it, and it sets itself aside from all the other rings and it's yours, you know what I mean? So you look at it, you're like, yeah, I love this thing. But to understand what, what, what you did and accomplished and how special this ring really is, is a whole other thing. Super Bowl champions, the 49ers right here on American Family Radio. Sold out sports talk, and it's William Floyd, running back Panthers, Niners, Derek Deese, Niners, both Super Bowl champions. And, um, you know, one of the things that's great about this week, and I know you guys know this is, you know, you have generations of NFL players, Super Bowl champions, coming through all week. And what was so cool is some of the Hall of Famers were coming through wearing their jackets. You could see them coming a mile away. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, there's just these distinction levels in the NFL of, of, you know, obviously Super Bowl being the ultimate team trophy, the Hall of Fame being the ultimate individual trophy. Uh, but Correct. what is it like, guys, to, to see peers that played? I had Jerry Kramer in here a few days ago. He played in Super Bowl One. Right. He had his Super Bowl ring on. I mean, it was just so cool to, when he showed that ring off. You know, it doesn't matter what year you played this game, but to be in that fraternity of the NFL and have an opportunity to say you're a Super Bowl champion just has to be so sweet. Right. It is. It's just, you know, you look at it and you have guys that are uh, that you played with that are in the, in, the, in the Hall of Fame and guys that you played against. And the one thing is is that you can say it's an individual accurately, but it's really not. You know, it took a team for that guy to get there. Yep. And, and, and guys take pride in that. Um, you look at how many guys are involved with the NFL period over since its inception, you're looking at 30,000. That number is not very big when you start talking about the number of people that are worldwide. Exactly. And so it's, it already puts you at a special level. So, you know, a guy, we come in and we see like Jerry, we see Ronnie, we see Derek Brooks. Joe, what's the guy Joe there? Montana, Steve Young? You know, and then you have guys that you think should be getting in that aren't getting in and you're wondering like how is that not happening a guy like roger craig yeah a guy a guy like eddie debarlo should have already been in this is you know this is crazy it's taken this long but um and a guy like to whose numbers right. show that he's going to get in but whether or not he gets in as a first ballot is a whole right. different story so you know you look at the hall for what it is it's it's guys making yeah. up stuff you know but as far as guys that played man we know we know who put in work and who didn't William, the Panthers are back after a 10-year absence with a chance to win their first Super Bowl. They came so close in 2006 against New England, a field goal away. Yep. Um, you guys watched Cam Newton this year. He's set the world on fire. How do you feel about the Panthers and Cam Newton and what they've done this year? Well, I mean, I tell you, it's more than Cam. I mean, I think Cam is polarized and he gets all the attention, but, man, he just has a great football team. There's a lot of talent on that team, so take your hat off to the GM, you know, who's over there doing work, Coach Rivera. Uh, bringing in players that can help that franchise get it done. I think they're, they have a, an excellent chance on, on taking care of business stuff, you know, uh, tomorrow, um, excuse me, Sunday. And um, I'm just happy for him because I was a part of that organization. I know what Mr. Richardson puts into it. I know he a lot of the things he did, he emulated, you know, uh, Aiden DeBartolo Jr. 
you know, especially with bringing a lot of Niners yeah. over there. Uh, Coach Seifert, George Seifert went over there and coached. He was, I played like my whole career for George in San Francisco and the Panthers, <laughs> you know, basically. So, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that when, it, when you guys were in the, the division. That was, became a really good football nice game and a good rivalry, rivalry yeah. right? Yeah, 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 it did. Well, you know, they, they were trying to take what we already had and then they were trying to make it better. And those guys that were over there already knew what, what went on in that organization and they were just, going over there and they were like force feeding it to him you know and it was like almost like you're taking our secret and giving it away yeah you know and, and and so like when you look at the panthers now you're saying the same thing you're seeing like an organization that has come a long way and come away come come a long way the right way though you know what i mean it's yeah. not like they've they did stuff and they took shortcuts and right you know deflate gate and all that kind of stuff they actually did everything correctly super bowl champions Derek deese and william floyd for the san francisco 49ers are with us you know, one of the things on our, our network we're all about is what guys use their platform for, what they developed and earned through their career. Uh, Derek, start with you. What are you doing now? Tell us about what's going on with you. What's important to you? What's your passion? Well, right now, um, it's my kids. Awesome. I, I coach my kids. I, uh, I volunteer my time with other kids and, and making sure that they understand what's ahead of them, what they can do, um, giving them a chance, and, and making them understand that as long as they work, Everything else is possible, you know what I mean? There's a former Panther right there. Yeah. Former Niner, too. Former, former Niner, Niner right too. This is hey, he's this right double, double duck this right there, double mentor. dip. Chris Draft. Coming in. Yes, I love it. Yeah. I love it. These guys, these guys are wearing those rings. They got those 75th so anniversary right rings going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> William, tell me what you're up to. Uh, well, I'm doing a little radio at uh, Florida State, work with Gene Decker also. I'm doing that during uh, for the three months. And then other time, uh, during the spring, I'm out helping my 7-on-7 team, young yeah. men trying to get to college and get better. Um, it's all about getting a degree. So, you know, if you're going to go spend your time in college, you need to stay focused and get a degree when you leave there, have your degree you when know, you leave there. So. This is my 24th year covering this game, and I tell you, one of the most impressive things to me over the years has been the quality of the people in the NFL. The quality of the players in the NFL, the kind of people that they are is what's interested me the most. I had a father who played 18 years with the Los Angeles Rams, and I had the opportunity to play in the early 80s myself. And uh, what really turns me on is when I hear what you're saying, which is taking what you've earned and, and using that platform to make a difference in other people, not just your own family, but others. And you're working with young people. You're working with young people about education and helping them to get where they need to go. Um, a lot of people don't know what this week represents at the Super Bowl, because they always ask, I want to come to the game, I want to come to the game. But to be honest with you, I'd rather pass the game and live this part of it, because this part of it, people don't realize how many wonderful things are done in the cities where the Super Bowl comes for education, schools, right. charities, uh, awareness for so many things this week. It just blows me away how large this game's gotten. Uh, tell me, uh, last question, tell me about the difference between the game in 94 when you played the Super Bowl and now to you. Well, uh, there's a lot of things besides rules. I mean, it, I think I think back then um, the mentality was we w we would play the game for free. You know, we would we wanted to play um, as just a team. We just wanted to inflict pain and we wanted to have fun and we wanted to win at all at all costs. And, and nowadays, I think uh, you look at this generation; it's changed. Uh, yeah, the rules have changed to, to try to make the game a lot safer, but um, I think the mentality of the youth are completely different. I think now they play the game for the money and not for, for the respect and the notoriety. You know, it was a really important when I came into the league, 
to uh, show respect to the guys that played before me and know who they were and understand what I was actually putting my foot into, you know yeah. what I mean? And what shoes I had to fill. And nowadays, some guys don't even know. They don't even know well, if it makes you guys feel good, the week before them, you know? we've had a bunch of young players in this week. In fact, yesterday I had Charles Johnson, who's a wide receiver for the Vikings, mm -hmm. and he sat right here in this chair and he said, you know, I came from hardly nothing. I got to where I am today. Uh, and he just said it. I'm a I'm a humble guy. I like to help people, but I also respect the fact that I get the chance to play the greatest game in the world. Right. And I thought, you know, some of these young guys, there are many of them that do get it. Right. I think it's hard with the generation we're in, with Correct. this kind of ESPN generation Correct. of me, 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 mm -hmm. highlight, highlight thing. But what's great about what you guys have to offer is you're on one of the greatest teams in the world, right. William. Correct. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, you play with the type of players that we play with. I mean, we walked in the door. We already knew what it was to be a champion because we saw that emulated in, you know, a Jerry Rice or a Brent Jones or, you know, all of those guys that Derek had a chance to play with the Sapola, Wallace, you know, Bart Oates who won two championships with the Giants before he got there. You just understood what it was about winning and guys had already been there. So for myself coming in as a first-year player of the year, we win the Super Bowl as a rookie. Derek coming in that year, um, getting his first chance to start. Us being the two youngest guys on that offense and not wanting to be the weak links, you know, it just forced us to focus in and go out there and make sure when we watch the film on Mondays that we were handling our business. Derek Deese, William Floyd, Super Bowl champion. Show the 75 off to me again, guys. That's special. 75th anniversary of the NFL, 1994 Super Bowl champion. Win over the Chargers. And, uh, guys, appreciate you guys coming to the Sold Out Sports Talk. Really appreciate all you're doing. Keep up the good work. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.